Welcome to the Phase World Podcast, engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. Today on Phase World, I would like to welcome Katie Whalen. Katie is the noter in chief for the Lightning Notes, a website that delivers short daily posts to help us move the world forward. It features striking stories and great ideas to remind us that we matter. Improving the world is our matter. Katie is not a writer by trade. We're training. Not long ago, in fact, that she was a senior foreign policy advisor in Congress. After four years of working there, she decided it was time to take a dream deferred and put it out into the world. So, in part two, we unveil the journey of Katie's moving from D.C. to Brooklyn, New York, transitioning from a comfortable life, envious career, stable income to what she calls a total white belt. Katie discovered the magic of having abundance in other parts of her life, such as creativity, inspiration, entrepreneurship, and the lightning note. Katie captivates people, places, and things that move her and help her become her better self. So okay, so that that's that's the transition happening. And when when was that? I think it was April this year. Yeah, so I packed my bags on. I want to say it was like March twenty seventh or twenty eighth. It was a Friday. My father drove to D.C. We packed up his car on a Friday night、um, and then、uh, drove to New York on Saturday morning. So I left my job on Friday, moved to New York on Saturday,、um, and、uh, and I had this great idea, Faye, that like I was going to launch the Lightning Notes on Monday. Which I don't like. <laughs> there are like a few regulatory hoops one must jump through, which I was not entirely ready for. Which has just been like a chronic lesson with the lightning notes. Is like, so if I mean, you know, it's so trite to say if I had any idea what I was getting into, I never would have done it. And it was like ignorance was so blissful. I had no idea what I was getting into.、Um, and so like, it took me like three weeks to figure out kind of the. Um, the you know the tax structure that I needed for、uh, for the lightning notes and like how how it was gonna like I, I had a monetization plan、um, but I didn't really I didn't really have a business structure I, I sort I think in my mind I was like that, that'll work itself out which. It doesn't like you have to work it out, which is really good because you have to learn sort of the system. And if I could offer a resource to people, there is so the Small Business Administration has this、um, really wonderful program called SCORE, which is free business advice for people like anybody.、Um, and you just it's SCORE, so it's S C O R E, all caps.、Um, I can't remember if it stands for something or not, but like you can sign up for their classes or be on their email distribution list、um, and. Go and like you know they'll have classes on like tax structure and like you know for do you want to be a sole proprietor do you want to have an S corp or、um, and, and that was like I was so grateful for that because those are exactly the kind of tools that I needed and didn't really have a clue how to begin to like、um, I didn't even know what questions to ask like I didn't know what I didn't know.、Um, so and, so before I before we kind of jump right into like the business structure because. Now seven eight months later, you probably have,、um, and like you mentioned, it's an iterative process. But you have a 
a shape, uh, a you know, sort of a format, a formula to figure it out by now. Um, mm. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. But first of all, you first of all, you you quit your job. You probably had some savings and you know in the bank, and you will be able to live off on I don't know six months to a year, possibly longer. And you moved to New York, which is not the cheapest place in the world. So true. And you had I assume that you didn't apply for another job, so you knew you're you're going at this indefinitely without uh you know consistent uh, I guess predictable um, income at that point. Is that correct? That is 101% correct. So how did you figure that out? Like, did you, <laughs> did you find, uh, did you have to find a roommate? Uh, what type of apartment did you look for? Did, did you have to stay with a friend? Mm. So, um, so I, um, let's see, which one, which, which, which part do address first? There were so many unknowns. Um, so I, um, I had, uh, looked on Craigslist at a bunch of different places. Um, and then I'd come to New York, um, in, I think I'd come in like late February just to kind of like case out the joint and see if any of these places were going to work. And, um, and I had four places on my list and, uh, I looked at the first three and was like, oh God, none, like these are like really bad. What have I gotten myself into? Like, I'm, I, I, like, what am I going to go live in like a shoebox in New York and like try and run it? Like you just, I had like, I was feeling like supremely disheartened. So I went to the last place and it was perfect. It was a sublet for three months. It was just what I needed. Um, and I felt this like real gratitude of like, I really do believe it. I mean, it's, it's, for lack of a less like sort of um, trite and tired way of saying it, like I really do think like when you put out to the world what you're going to do and what you want, like the world does respond very rarely in the way that we think it will, but like it does respond. And so it's like, you know, I, you know, whether or not it was true, like I chose to interpret like that, um, that apartment opening up as like, okay, this is, this is a response. Like I'm getting a little support here. Like this is really helpful. Um, and I, I also remember I had this moment say, um, and I'll get to the other parts of your question, but I just thought this, like this piece always stays with me. So, um, I found this, you know, this apartment and I, I signed the lease, I, um, or signed like the sublet agreement. Um, and I had, I had a little bit of time before I had to get on my train back to DC. And so I went to this coffee shop and, um, little did I know that like every Everything in Brooklyn is like $5 and under, like you have to pay in cash or $10 and under you're paying cash. Like DC didn't really work like that. I don't really carry cash around with me. So I go to this coffee place and, and I see this sign. I'm like, oh man, like I really wanted a cup of great coffee. Um, and, uh, but I didn't have any cash. And the guy was like, well, it's on the house. Just pay us when you get back. And, and I was like, what? the world doesn't work like that. Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I was like, well, you write my name down and like, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not going to be back for three weeks. Like that's a long time. And he was like, just come back and pay us. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just felt it was like, okay, all right. I, I can, I, I will take these signs. Like this, this all sort of works for me. So of course I went, came back three weeks later. And one of the first things I did mm-hmm. was like, you know, pay them like quadruple for that latte. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so that was the housing side. And I found this, you know, this place that worked for three months and, um, and then I'm now in um, in another place. I have had roommates in both uh, situations and just been really lucky on that front. I mean, yes. So in terms of like the kind of life that I had in D.C., like I had a you know stable, well-paying job in an environment where I was um, 
Uh, I was very comfortable. And now I'm a total white belt in a town that is filled with like experts and sort of masters and um, folks who are kind of like the best in the business. Um, And that's been like a very humbling and important experience to go from kind of being really comfortable and um, somewhat known in your environment to being like one of like, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of other people out there like writing and trying to try to make a living putting your ideas out into the world. So what are some of the key changes? Sorry to interrupt because I feel no, like no. I, I, I've accumulated way too many questions. I'm trying to inject them at appropriate places. Uh, you, you definitely lived a very interesting journey. And what are some of the changes you had to make going from uh, the trend you know, between the transition of uh, DC and New York? I mean, specifically, like, do you have to eat differently? Do you have to shop a little less? I don't know what your personal interests are. Like, what what do you have to scale down uh, because mm. of that? Well, you know, I've, I I wouldn't say I've always been like a really big spender. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm certainly, I mean, and I, you know, my mother was really big on, um, on financial literacy. So I've always tracked my finances. I am much more, uh, I think, attentive to them now. Um, and definitely conscious of, um, I would say it's certainly a frugal lifestyle, but like I had a, I have a, I have a friend who puts it beautifully. Um, you know, like she also like is living somewhat frugally, but she said, you know, I, I have abundance in other parts of my life. Um, and for me, I feel like I have this abundance in terms of inspiration and, and, um, hope and like, uh, and really I, I hope like self-respect that like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm willing to, um, step aside from a certain quality of life and, and try a different one. Um, because there's something in me that's like bigger than like being able to like see, you know, two movies a week at the movie theater or, um oh sorry were you gonna say something yeah I was just I was just thinking you know because I I think you're going leading to that conclusion is perhaps it's not so bad because um I very recently listened to Tim Ferriss uh the Tim Ferriss show podcast and the latest one uh as we're speaking now it's called the the mindful practice which has been talked about so many times but one of which that he described in just 15-20 minutes some of the the daily rituals the techniques and one of them is uh, live in poverty. I mean, it's not what you're experiencing, but he said to kind of experience poverty by uh, for one week, you know, eating rice and beans, wear like white t-shirts and, you know, cheap clothing. And at the end of that, what he had experienced and many of his uh, listeners as well is like, you know what, one, it's not so bad. And at the same time, you feel so liberated to all the fears and the risk you never thought you would take. Um mm. So I, I, I don't know whether do do you think that's like, you know, that obviously is like an extreme of what you're what you're living through. Um, but I guess you are I feel like you're you're managing it quite well. That's okay. so kind of you to say. Faye. <laughs> um, I mean, I, like, I want to be clear here. Like, you know, I, I, I am definitely living on savings and adrenaline right now. Um, and so I'm, uh, you know, I don't I'm 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 so fortunate that like I am in a comfortable and a safe and warm environment. Um, and so the, you know, the, the change, I wouldn't even call them compromises. The changes I've had to make are like really, um, uh, minor compared to the quality of life that, that a lot of folks are, are struggling with. Um, but you know, one thing that's really thrown into relief for me is, um, I think that how we spend our money is really how we spend our values. 
Um, and like money is such a, you know, there's so much stigma around it and there's so many stories around it. And I think that, um, it's really forced me to look at, look concretely the numbers and say, is this a reflection of who you want to be? Like, are you spending money on things that are representative of who you want to be as a person? And I didn't have to do that as much in DC when I had a very steady income and like, you know, wasn't as attuned to the bottom dollar. Um, and, and so I'm like, I'm very grateful for that. Um, it's, um, it's been eye opening for me. And and again, going back to that wisdom from my friend of like finding the abundance in other parts of our lives. And, and I think also, and this, this certainly relates to a, a larger theme on the lightning notes is not letting somebody else define success for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not letting success just be encompassed by, um, the amount of money that you have sitting in a bank or in investments or whatever. Um, because if we're going to do that, then yours truly is like wildly unsuccessful and getting more unsuccessful every day because, you know, I've, the lightning notes is not in a place where it's, uh, where it's certainly um, making massive sums of money. But I think that it's really easy to outsource how we think about success um, and to, to, um, to accept. And I say this to somebody who has done this to accept what society would define for us as success and sort of those conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a huge seeding that to some outside, either be it other people or some outside force um, is a really big disservice to ourselves. And so I think the past seven months for me, Faye, have been a real reinvention of what success looks like um, and, and, and what it feels like too. Um, Cause I think that it's, um, it's a much more generous definition than we might um, that I might have thought before when I was in the stability of, um, of the job that I had. Um, so I, I, I feel, uh, I feel real gratitude for that, for, for having to, to think about money in a way that, um, that I had, you know, I could avoid before. I, I never really had to, had, had to, to face it before. And again, I do, you know, just want to be very clear. Like I am by no means in a situation that so many other people are where, um, um, it's, it's a much more extreme. Um, but you know, it's, it has, it has, it's certainly been a transition for me. If I may make a recommendation is, um, if I'm not sure if you heard of, uh, the gentleman named James Eltucher, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he's uh, he lives in a th- New York, uh, New York, not maybe not New York City, but he travels there very much, and maybe just uh, um, suburbs of New York. And he wrote several books; they're all best-selling. Uh, and uh, he and I are negotiating time to be on this podcast at the moment. But I think there's two themes. The first one I, I was uh, waiting kind of to mention of when you mentioned you want to start your own platform, and that decision was made. Really, is what he. Uh, refers to as choose yourself so instead of waiting for other mm. people to choose you to give meaning give you that job give you the money to do what you need to do or ignite you to say you are now permit permitted to go down this path and you basically created that for yourself so that's part one and secondly I think uh, he finally wrote a the choose yourself uh, guide to wealth which is um, really talking about all things uh, financially relevant to people like us, but also about multiple streams of income as well. So, Mm. you know, I started to think about this lately as in a, what if I want to go solo one day with face world, all things face world, you know, I, you know, maybe 
something that we should continue talking about as well is to maybe do something something else maybe more than that one thing to fuel uh, what we want to do, that creative abundance, like what we want to do podcast-wise, you know, writing-wise. So that would be, you know, is there anything that you've explored in that realm yet, or is it just been overwhelmingly, like, you know, there's insane amount of work that you're <laughs> trying to stay afloat? Well, first, thank you for those James Aldisher recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, I have certainly read some of this stuff before and have taken some real uh, insight from it. Um, so I will absolutely check out his uh, his guide to wealth and and again also good on you, Faye, for for thinking about like what that a possible transition to because I think giving yourself that space to even think about it like that is that's like courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it would be much easier to kind of like ignore it you know, and, and, and walk away from it. But by, you know, as, as James Altucher would say, by choosing yourself and by, I think, honestly, not walking away from yourself, um, which we can do so easily. So I am hot to trot on that. I will, I will check it out. Um, to answer your question. So, so first let me explain sort of what the, the monetization structure is mm-hmm. for the lightning notes, and then I'll, um, I'll, take a dive at your question. So um, the Lightning Notes has um, no ads and no paywall. Um, I don't like those as a reader, and I don't think it's fair to force feed my audience things that I wouldn't want to eat. So it's um, it's based on, on monthly donors. Um, if I can get a certain number of folks who'd be willing to give a small amount every month, um, then it's a financially sustainable enterprise. Um, so I definitely stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, Maria Popova over at Brain Pickings is doing this, and I just think it's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. NPR has a somewhat similar model, though obviously they have some other other, other revenue streams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's really predicated on this notion of respect, um, that I would like the Lightning Notes to be a respectful and a kind place um, for people to um, to spend time online or on their phone or, or, or wherever they they find it um, and I think it's it's um, I, I couldn't conceive of a way of doing that with like all these ads and all this um, stuff like popping up all over the place and like you can't even read stuff because the screen's moving around mm. um, so now am I anywhere near the number of donors that I need for this to be financially sustainable no did I think that I was going to be there? So, like, if you asked me seven months ago, Katie Whalen, do you think in seven months you're going to have the number of monthly donors um, that you like need for this to be like a financially viable enterprise? I would be like, absolutely. Um, so that is not the case at all. Um, and and I think something that you've spoken about certainly before on the podcast day is um, is ramp up time is. Um, uh, is really important. And I think especially um, being um, kind to yourself in that when it's not meeting the expectations that you thought um, and also being really um, honest about why is it not meeting those expectations and like, is this some, do I have um, a structural challenge here or do I have more of a hustle challenge? Like I'm not actually getting out enough or, um, or is it something else altogether? Um, and, um, and so those are real questions that I ask myself. I still very much so believe in this as a model. Um, am I going to have, so I had this idea 
um, cribbed straight from Kevin Kelly, um, which mm-hmm. was, you know, the thousand true fans. It's like, if I can get a thousand people who are going to give $8 a month, then like, you know, w- you know, after PayPal fees and taxes, then like we are off to the races. Like this is, this is real. Um, I still very much so believe in that model, but I'm aware that how I thought it was going to, um, come about is not the way that, um, that it, it actually will come to be that I have a lot more, a lot more work to do in terms of spreading the good word, because there's so much great free content out there, um, that people don't have to pay a cent for. Um, so, so like, of- so let me ask a, a couple of questions about how you get the words out so far. So hmm. I, you are, you, you know, we're going to include, uh, all your contact information, the references, the people you mentioned, the books in the show notes. And, uh, I can see you very visibly, uh, very active in social media, including Facebook. You have a personal page, but you also have a dedicated um, blog page for the Lightning Notes. And you're on Twitter. You're you're possibly on LinkedIn. Uh, and you know, I wonder if there's anything else, or have you consider any paid media? Where so far everything is organic. Um, it's been organic. I'm not, I, at least at this point, I'm not exploring paid media, but, um, certainly public speaking is one area where, um, you know, where the lightning notes, um, I think there are great opportunities for like really expanding sort of the the lightning notes reach. And like, I just want to be very, very clear here with, with Twitter and Facebook, like we are looking at very modest numbers Mm -hmm. here. Um, and and that's actually going to start somewhere. You, you have exactly. to start somewhere, you know. Absolutely. I mean, and I think, too, this the designer, Debbie Millman, has this really wonderful um, quote, which is, expect anything worthwhile to take a while. Um, and I hold that really close to my heart because there's a part of me that's like, oh, my God, I have, like, 213 Twitter followers. And I remember actually I was listening to this thing on NPR, and I can't remember who they were talking about, but they were, like, talking about somebody who – um, like some, somebody's Twitter account. And they were like, yeah, I mean, nobody followed her. She had 170 followers. At that point, I had like 151 and I had fought for every single follower. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean she, nobody followed her? She had 170 people following her. But like the reality <laughs> is like, you know, 213 is a, is a very small number. But I love those 213 followers. They're people that I care about. They're people that I feel honored that they want to engage with the lightning notes. Um, and you know, it's, it's been a great learning curve for me, Faye, um, because when I was on the Hill, I didn't have a Facebook page. I wasn't on Twitter. I had, I was, I was on LinkedIn and I'd like to think I had a pretty souped up LinkedIn profile, but like when it came to social media, I was like largely illiterate. Um, and so learn that has been a whole nother learning curve unto itself. Um, and one that I'm really grateful for. And there's like so much, it's amazing how generous people are about sharing their insights and their learnings um, uh, um, on that front. Hmm. Um, but wait, there was a question that you asked that I did not, I feel like I didn't answer. I, it's uh, eluding me. I think you, I think you did. Uh, my, the last question was organic versus paid. Um, and I, I completely agree with you because I think organic content, content is king. Content always comes first. And, but I think there are smart ways to make paid media not a huge a lot of money at all to work for your content where you can see all these sort of what I call engines are churning together. And we can talk about, we can take that offline, um, you know, to kind of give you some ideas. But what I also want to kind of mention is 
I personally understand how insanely busy we as the founder, the creator, the the scheduler, the fi- personal <laughs> financial advisor. I mean, it's so overwhelming. You know, I receive emails from people to say, you know, you're you're a great example. You know, someone I'm so eager to speak with. But I also receive. Uh, you know, sort of ideas, references from people to say, how Joe Schmo, how about Jane Doe? Like, all these people are so great. Somebody wrote a new book. And Mm. currently, you know, I'm not staffed. And I had an editor working for me um, for a number of months, and he was wonderful. Um, But to kind of take everything all in again on my own as a one-woman show, there's just so much. At some point, like, I'm sure you know how it feels. It's like, okay, enough advice. And we, I need to go back to the drawing board and do what I need to do today. I do have a question for you, Faye, sure. which is something I think about a lot, which is given the, um, the extreme amount of intake that you have being a one woman show, which, you know, which I also am, how do you decide, like, what is your decision-making rubric for, um, what you want to take action on, what you're going to back burner or what is never, what's never really going to get attention. So it's really, it's, I love how you say, I trust my gut. You, you mentioned <laughs> my gut in, in, I think in the about section. And I thought about you working the Congress and how much I love the show Scandal. I was like, oh, that's Olivia's action, right? But really <laughs> it comes down to, it just, I think the most important thing for people doing what we do is about making a decision, whatever that may be. And mm. if I made, uh, you know, as a result, of course, it's like, oh, I, I say it with such certainty. But, you know, of course, I go through my own struggles. I turn to my gurus. Uh, again, Seth Godin has has this. He has a lot of free courses on YouTube. But I recently um, downloaded a my first Udemy, uh, U-D-E-M-E course. It's called the, I, I forgot the name of it, but it's, Seth Godin's most popular course, and I I think you are going to love it, uh, and and it's it's so fascinating. So people ask him all the time. Yet this is like the internet's most famous man on the planet right now. If you go to mm. Google, you type in the word Seth. He's is the first one to come up, and he gets like over what ten twenty thousand emails every day with ideas, suggestions, and he has a, this crazy board at home where he has like at least fifty a hundred new ideas for books beyond like I don't know the the fifty a hundred he has already written in the past. So the most popular question people ask him is the same one as you just ask me: How do you decide the next book for yourself? What is the next topic, next theme? He's like. I don't know. He's like, I wrote so many books I was so proud of. I thought they would perform well. And they went dead. And I, I wrote books I thought they were mediocre and they became bestsellers. So mm. at the end of the day, you really don't know. And then you have to, like you said, you have to trust your gut in making the decision because we can so easily spending so much time dwelling on or comparing, prioritizing make a decision and you know another idea that I I thought uh, was really interesting I had this there was this great opportunity of what we call the exchange employees at the companies our parent company is called Havas Media and um, we have offices all around the world and this year we had a very young gentleman from the Linden office who uh, came over to my group a digital production group and he, he may be like 23 24 years old and he sat next to me and it was it was so phenomenal because very quickly into our initial interaction I realized that he was like extremely smart and 
he's very well-rounded, like wise beyond his years. So we sat down and talked about podcasts and kind of my approach. And he gave me some of those most phenomenal ideas uh, I never thought of on my own. I think something that that I have found to be really helpful um, is Bill Watterson, who um, did Calvin and Hobbes, who is just kind of like a, a great hero of mine. He gave this, I think it was at a commencement address. It might have been at Kenyon College. But he said, you know, with each decision, we tell the world and ourselves who we are. Um, and that's been really helpful for me in terms of like trying to make, I remember I had this one moment and this is as unrelated to the lightning notes, but, um, my uncle had passed away, um, quite suddenly. And this was back when I was living in DC Mm. and he was in South Bend, Indiana. And, um, the funeral was going to be a couple days later. And so I was looking online for, um, uh, for flights and they were just like, unbelievably expensive. Um, I mean, like really through the roof. Um, and you know, I called the airline and like, you know, tried to explain and like, it was just, you know, kind of, it was clear those numbers were not moving. And so I walked around my apartment and like kind of tried to avoid making a decision. And then I remember thinking about, you know, this, this Bill Watterson quote of like, you know, we tell ourselves and the world who we are and realizing like what matters to me is showing up. Like it is family, it's being with people and that's worth, you know, sort of getting back to that earlier conversation about money, like that's worth spending my money on. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's a lot of money, but that's worth it. Um, And so I I feel like uh, that, um, that that's been very helpful for me in terms of trying to figure out like, you know, is this something is this something, you know, is this a, a relationship I want to pursue? Is this a business opportunity I want to pursue? Um, is, you know, and sometimes we just don't have enough information and we just need to explore more. But, mm-hmm. um, but I certainly think like, you know, and also not deciding is a decision too. Um, you know, so that has been, that's been really helpful to me in terms of dealing with uh, sort of what you're talking about, like that massive um, inflow of, of information and suggestions and, and, and people reaching out. Um, but I will, I'm a, I'm a big Seth Godin fan, so I will certainly check out the, those recommendations. Yeah, you know, um, and don't beat yourself up. It's another, I mean, love, uh, you know, surrender in yoga is like surrender to yourself. Totally. And, you know, or you know, in this country, we say don't beat yourself up because at the end of the day, you really, you really don't know. Uh, and even the some for people like Scott Adams, who created Dilbert, you know, who has been doing this since the '80s, and the comic's still performing. But he, you know, he shared with many podcasters and many very famous people that he has absolutely no way of predicting which story or which comic's going to resonate well with the audience. Mm -hmm. No Mm -hmm. idea. He's been doing this for, you know, 30 years at this point. So at some point you have to make a decision, give it a shot. You know what? And what, you know, in your case, what you had described, going to a uh, workshop or party and hoping to make the right connection, it doesn't always work out. So, and that's okay. You know, and it's about showing up. So it is totally about showing up. And I actually think, you know, when Scott Adams has cracked the code, Mm -hmm. that's when you lose some of the magic because part of the magic is in not knowing. Mm -hmm. It is because if you know, then it's really easy to pigeonhole your work towards that, right? Like, I know this is going to make people laugh. I know this is going to resonate with people. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, you know, and that's like, you lose this, um, this sincerity. And also George Saunders, the writer talks about like, 
you know, this sense of playfulness. Um, it's so easy, it, not so easy, but it's so important to play um, with, uh, with our ideas and in that space where we don't know. Um, you know, I think that uh, something else that I, I wanted to mention, which is, is it's loosely related, um, but might not be the closest fit, is um, that um, for anybody out there who is who's thinking about making a transition, who is thinking about um, about making a change, or maybe leaving their job, or, or pursuing something that they've got, they think might be brewing in their gut. Um, something that has been really helpful to me is asking myself, and I love that you talked about, Faye, those quiet moments at the top and the end of the day, because those are really sacred times, but is asking myself in those times, what do I want to bow to? Like, what is it that I want to be beholden to? Um, and it's really easy to be beholden to fear or doubt or convention or despair or frustration. Um, but I think one of the great opportunities when you decide to go out on a limb is um, is recognizing those. Those are all very real. You can't deny those, but it's holding them and not being beholden to them because we have bigger things that we can be beholden to. Be it like just, I love Mary Oliver talks about the world doesn't have to be beautiful to work, but it is like being beholden to the sense of wonder and astonishment and just kind of awe at this world that we live in and how amazing and heartbreaking and incredible it is. Um, so I always think it's important to just ask ourselves, like, what are we, who, what forces in our life are we answering to? Mm -hmm. um, and, and only each one of us can decide what it is that we want to answer to. Um, but to be as honest as we can with ourselves in those conversations, particularly when we're dealing with things like rejection, which I have gotten plenty of, I mean, absolutely plenty of. And it's like, you know, acknowledging that pain, feeling that pain mm -hmm. and like letting it sort of, I think Jack Johnson, the boxer would talk about being knocked down, but not be knocked out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and like just, you know, kind of doing that constant, like, all right, this hurts, hurts a lot, but it hasn't destroyed me. Uh, Penn and Teller before they were Penn and Teller, when they were just, you know, when they were just two guys who had, uh, did some, some really interesting, um, kind of illusion and, and magic. Um, would talk about, I remember one of them saying, I can't remember if it was Penn or Teller, um, but one of them saying, we treated every show like it was the most important thing in the world. And we also knew that if we bombed, we'd still be alive on the other end. Mm. So like, for the most part, we are always going to be alive at the other end. So like, take those big ideas and put them out into the world, put them out because they, they aren't there now and they deserve to be. Yeah. Well, wow, that's, that's really beautiful, beautifully stated and, and really thank you so much for sharing these moments with us and it's so special and I think you know six months a year ten years from now looking back to this conversation that you will um, I think you will thank yourself for taking that step for showing up to your work every single day in the past seven months and not regret um, the fact that you made that decision you know oh well thank yeah. you Faye this has been the first the actual, the very first interview I have done for the Lightning Notes. I interview people for the Lightning Notes, but this has been the first interview I've done for the Lightning Notes. So this was such a thrill and a total honor. So thank you for having me. Yeah. 
listen to more episodes of the Face World podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or visit faceworld.com. That is F E I S W O R L D, where you can find show notes, links, other tools, and resources. You can also follow me on Twitter at Face World. Until next time, thanks for listening.